Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Merseyside Derby uh, finished all nil all draw at Goodison Park. Joining us uh, to talk about that and a few other things as well as former evidence striker Brett Angel. G'day, Brett. How are you? Not too bad, Ricardo. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, what did you make of the game? A, a big improvement from um, Frank Lampard's team. Yes, obviously, I think the new inclusions and just uh, it being a local derby as well, that does uh, tend to be a different game to many of the others. But yeah, I thought uh, it was a, a real proper derby, real close, could have gone either way, uh, you know, good goalkeeping and maybe a little bit better finishing than we would have got uh, an eventual goal. But uh yeah, I think both teams, I think Liverpool would probably be a little bit more disappointed than Everton in relation to the result, but uh, it does leave you in thinking that uh, Everton, if they continue to play like that, you know, results will be just around the corner. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, it was a game that, yeah, Liverpool had the most chances, but really, if you're an Everton fan, you'd be going, well, that offside was like, you know, there was not much in that offside goal uh, that Connor Cody scored, uh, and... I know Frank Lampard brought it up post-match as well, but was Virgil van Dijk lucky to stay on the field? I suppose, yeah, I'm in another game and, and a different interpretation, and uh, he he walks. But that's probably the frustration that many coaches and the players feel is because it is that inconsistency. You know, you've had a lot of VAR issues uh, over the weekend, and uh, I suppose it just comes down to interpretation and who's interpreting uh, what will lead to a different end outcome, which does become frustrating. Yeah, become very frustrating. And, you know, Liverpool, I think you heard uh, Klopp there talk about they, they picked up another uh, couple of niggles. Now they've got, they're have got down on numbers as it is. It doesn't sound like Thiago uh, or any of those guys are going to be fit come uh, Napoli midweek, the first Champions League game, which is in Naples. And the way Napoli are tracking at the moment, and I wouldn't mind a, a wee sniff at Napoli at the TAB. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Obviously, this is this is all part of having a squad and uh, utilising those players for whatever fixtures that come around. But when they're coming around with the consistency of you know, basically now, I think for the next six six weeks, you're looking at um, a midweek competition as well as the uh, Premier League. It won't get any easier. And if was if performances aren't at that real top level, then, you know, the, the Premier League's very unforgiving as well, you know. So uh, you, you, you don't perform, it's likely that you're not going to get a result. I guess from an evident point of view, there, there were a few opportunities left out there and one of the new signings that started was Neil Mopai. Great with his movement, Brett, but his finishing leaves something to be desired, which we probably learned from his time at Brighton, right? Because he had a couple of great opportunities, but hit one of them straight at Allison basically, when he had the whole goal to shoot at. Yeah, I suppose you'd probably say when he has t- 
following. He's probably a player that maybe uh, thinks a lot around what he needs to do rather than just does it naturally. I don't think he's a natural goal scorer. Uh, but again, in the situation I think that Everton were in, in relation to the timelines that they had, maybe that's a stronger player that was available uh, to, to support them. I think he's more of a sort of, yeah, five to eight goals a season player rather than, and then you'd be hoping for a fair number of assists to try and help. But obviously still at the moment, that would be the where I feel with Everton. I can't see an abundance of goals. Uh, on, a, on a consistent basis other than Calvin Lewin coming back and getting back to where he probably hasn't been for a good 18 months. We also saw Manchester City drop points. Uh, one all they drew at Villa. So uh, Stephen Gerrard, uh, much like Frank Lampard, in a situation where desperate need of points and probably most people didn't think his team would get anything out of today. What, do you, what did uh, Stephen Gerrard do with his team that it enabled them to keep uh, Erling Haaland quiet? Well, I suppose what you could say is what they managed to do was keep Erling Haaland to only one goal rather than three. But, uh, you know, it's a difficult... It, look, at the end of the day, there is a definite gap between realistically those that was those top two and uh, the rest. I think the, some of the rest are getting a little bit closer uh, from the early season form, but whether they can consistently provide that. I think it's certainly at home, I think, Everton, Aston Villa, all of those teams really will make the difference. If their results at home aren't strong, they're going to struggle away and go and get results as well. And I think at the moment there's an expectation that Aston Villa are going to be a top-half team, but their performances probably haven't sort of justified that. I would imagine this is a game where nobody expected them to get a, port, to get a result. And that's what, when you really are struggling uh, for, for points, you've got to go and get the unexpected. And I think that was probably a more unexpected point for them. Whether it will actually make uh, more positivity around their performances, you know, only time will tell. Because I'd probably say that, like Everton, they probably haven't really played too many, uh, you know, real top four, top six teams and their results haven't really been as positive as what I think uh, they'd have been looking at come start of the season. Mm, we saw um, Tottenham beat Fulham 2-1. Uh, that was a game they kind of had to hang on a bit. Fulham have actually, under uh, Marco Silva, done a pretty good job this year. I think most people had them to go straight back down, but he seems to have found a way to get Alexander Mitrovic to uh, score goals in the Premier League like he did in the Championship. Yeah, I think, again, it's that early season form. I think that's possibly uh, really given them a little bit more confidence because, as you say, everybody was really expecting them to be in the bottom three. I think uh, that, that's that been very positive. And they've actually had what you would consider to be quite a hard start as well and managed to pick up points. They've played Liverpool. You know, they haven't got anything out of Tottenham. But, again... Those were games, I think, where generally you'd look through the the season and go, yeah, we'd be ha we'd be happy if we could get anything out of those games. So, you know, I think in front of where they would have thought they would be, uh, and it's again just a question of whether they can continue that consistency. Because, as I say, the Premier League's very unforgiving, and if you're not really continually keep performing. You know, it does find you out even against the likes of the Southamptons and the Brightons and the teams like that because, you know, they're as good on their day 
to go and get a result, um, you, you know, regardless of whether you're playing, you know, you're against Fulham or you're against uh, Liverpool. The, what about Spurs then? I mean, a 2-1 win here uh, against the Fulham team, that, as you mentioned, they took points off Liverpool first game of the season. They've, uh, under Antonio Conte, probably become a little bit more pragmatic, but they've also added more attacking options with like the likes of uh, Richarlison Kulusevski to, to back up Kane and Son. How far do you think they can go this season? Yeah, for me, I think they're the team that possibly now could bridge the gap between where they were to top two. Uh, I think they've got a little bit more consistency, certainly at the start of the season. Europe may get in the way of that as well because they've not, you know, as I said, that's another one where now it's a week, a midweek competition and trying to pick up. But certainly from the starting point of view, I think from the people that have been brought in, they just look as though they've got a little bit more depth to work off of those competitions and to actually compete. And yeah, for me, they're probably one of the teams that I think now will be a little bit closer to the top two than were previously. And uh, yeah, whether they'll actually get right in and amongst it, only time will tell, but they've given themselves a little bit of a decent enough start to uh, to sort of think that, uh, well, if they continue in that vein, they're going to be right there banging that race. Yeah, they will be. Uh, now, Chelsea beat West Ham this morning 2-1 to bounce back off that loss to West Ham, uh, but they're probably lucky to get the three points here, weren't they? Because, I mean, David Moyes called it scandalous, the VAR decision to rule out their equaliser. I've looked at it and, uh, you know, I think uh, Mendy, Edouard Mendy, deserves an Oscar for that performance, doesn't he? I don't know what you made of it. Yeah, I think you look at it and you just go, he's in trouble here, he's made a mistake and he's trying to rectify that. And, 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 and oh, well, let's let's pretend that I've been fouled and, and see what happens. And maybe, again, we talk about diving from an outfield player. Well, maybe that's now the, the goalkeeper has looked at it and gone, well, you know, how do I get out of this? Well, there's only one way of getting out of this. I'll try and feign, and you know, feign a foul and, and and see what happens. And unfortunately for West Ham, it looks as though the the VAR referee has decided that there has been an issue and uh, picked them up for it. So, yeah, again, <laughs> it all comes down to not what's happening on the pitch; it's what's actually happening off the pitch. And you just sort of wonder, well, I don't believe the VAR was brought in for that, but it appears now that those people sitting in the offices have more of an opinion about what happens in the game than the actual people that are out there playing it. Yeah, I can understand why Moyes uh, was annoyed. I, know, I see Declan Rice has hit a few bits and pieces as well, so it'll be interesting to see if anything more comes from that from the FA uh, because there was also a, a big call in the Newcastle Palace game where it looked like uh, Newcastle had scored right at the end, but the goal was chalked off for a foul on the keeper. Uh, looked by, for all money to me that a Palace defender had pushed the Newcastle player into his own keeper, so should have just been play on or maybe a penalty. Sometimes I now, Ricard, I don't actually know quite know what the rules are, uh, but generally, refer, uh, goalkeepers in the past have always been a little bit what we'd call protected. Uh, now there's this call about having a little bit more contact, but yet when there is any level of contact, certainly against the goalkeeper, it appears as though it's, you know, given for the goalkeeper. But again, it comes down to an interpretation. I don't, you know, as I said, the VAR man looks at it and then interprets that basically the goalkeeper would have got that um, cross had the, the attacking player not 
you know, gone in on him and stopped him from doing or collecting it cleanly. But like you say, well, the only reason he's gone in on him is because somebody's actually pushed him towards the goalkeeper to force that. And there you look at it and go, well, surely now it becomes a different situation because maybe you need to look at that one before you can look at the second one. But the problem is, is now they can't do that in isolation. <laughs> it's like sort of saying, well, you know, there we go. But it didn't happen in the, or, you know, I, you know, as I said, nowadays I do struggle to understand the rules of the game. Uh, sometimes they used to be quite simple, but now they seem to be very, very complicated around uh, everything. But that's the way that it's going. It's technology, and we were always hoping that technology was brought in for the good of the game, but I'm not so sure now it's still being interpreted by a single individual. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the best way to put it, mate. I think you put it very succinctly. Hey, Brett, thanks very much for joining us today, mate. Always good to get your thoughts on the game. Go well and enjoy the rest of Father's Day. Thanks for going up. Cheers. Uh, Brett Angel there with us, uh, former Everton striker, residing now in the Hawks Bay. Of course, uh, was the head coach of Hawks Bay and United in the old National League for quite some time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.